Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to another exciting edition of Animals to the Max. Happy Halloween week, everybody. I'm Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. I, uh, you know, just absolutely love this time of year, the fall. I love Halloween, you know, mainly just because of the candy. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fun time of year. And, you know, when you think of Halloween, a lot of animals come to mind. You know, you think of wolves, which is what you just heard. You think of spiders and owls and, you know, bats. And this year, I kind of wanted to focus on an animal that's really misunderstood. And I guess, let's just face it, all those animals are really misunderstood. And I wanted to focus on bats. And I reached out on my social channels, Facebook and Instagram, at Corbin Maxi. By the way, if you're not following me, please do because, you know, I'm able to interact with you there on those platforms. But I asked, do you have any specific questions about bats? And honestly, I thought, oh, you know, maybe a few people might have questions. I actually got a pretty good response from a lot of you. And a lot of you are curious about bats. And so I was really excited. And so I sat down with my really good friend, Mady. And she's from Animals in Distress Association in Boise, Idaho. She is a wildlife rehabber and she has been rehabbing wildlife, native wildlife, including bats for over 32 years. And she's just a wealth of knowledge. She is so hardworking. I loved meeting up with her at the Bird Center where we recorded this interview. And it was so crazy. She actually brought three bats for the interview. Now, of course, obviously you can't see the bats listening to the podcast, but I will release a video portion. So after you're done listening to this podcast, check it out on my YouTube channel or my social channels. And I'll kind of show, you know, just a few clips of some of the bats she brought because they were just incredible. Along with the bats, we also had a surprise visit from another rehabber last minute, and she brought in two three-and-a-half-month-old raccoons. And just like with wildlife rehab, and if you are in wildlife rehab, you do know that, you know, things just come in last minute. It's unexpected. That's kind of the line of work. And so Mady called and said, hey, you know, like an hour before we were supposed to do the interview and said, hey, listen, I have some raccoons coming in. Do you mind? I mean, I know they might be a little noisy, this and that you know, will it be okay for the podcast? And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Let's have raccoons running around. Let's have bats over here. Let's just talk and have a roundtable discussion and answer your questions about bats. So that's what we did. So when you hear the noise in the background, that is, uh, those are raccoons making those noises. And like I said, I will post those videos. So make sure to check them out. Now, if you are a hardcore Animals to the Max fan, you know that we've had Mady on the show actually a couple different times. So you could go back and listen to episode 18, which is Wildlife Rescue. That's kind of where we talk about Mady's early beginnings and how she got into Wildlife Rescue, episode 18 once again. And then we did a Wildlife Q&A episode 35 that you could check out. Go back, listen to them. They are excellent episodes. And there's just a lot of information just about you know North American wildlife but just wildlife in general. You know, even those of you listening across the world, if you have any questions about, you know, what to do with the, I don't know, an injured bird, injured animal, this or that, listen to those episodes because she will provide those answers. Before we get to the interview, just a couple updates. I'm having a lot of fun on YouTube these days filming these segments called Breaking Animal News with Corbin Maxey. They're basically really, really short clips. It's like 45 seconds to a minute of me reporting on ridiculous animal news. And I thought, wow, I mean, is anyone really going to watch this? And 
they are watching it on Facebook and on YouTube. They've been shared a lot. Um, we're reaching up to several thousand views and it's like, wow, this is great. It's kind of crazy. I've spent out of my own pocket, you know, I've paid like professional, you know, people to come out and film the animals nine, you know, edit them and, you know, put them all together. And it's funny that like the videos I just do by myself that are really cheesy are actually getting more views than the ones I've had professionally put together. So anyway, that's kind of interesting, but check those out. We have, uh, we have a couple of those up on my YouTube channel. We have cigarette cockroach. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, cockroach went viral uh, carrying around a cigarette butt in New York. So I, I report on that. We also this week have an obese cat who refused to go on a treadmill. So check out those exciting, um, you know, breaking animal news stories. They're kind of fun and they're really, really short. So I think that's about it regarding that. Hope you all have a fantastic Halloween week. Hope you're all dressing up or passing out candy. If you are wondering what I am doing, um, absolutely nothing. No, I'm excited to just literally do nothing. I think my wife and I are going to get a couple pizzas and do a Netflix night, which is awesome. You know, we live out in the middle of nowhere, so I hopefully we won't have any trick-or-treaters. I don't think we will, right? No, we won't have any trick-or-treaters. Hopefully not, because I won't have anything but pizza. Anyway, with that said, I hope you have a fantastic Halloween. Enjoy this episode with Mady, and continue to send in your questions, comments, and guest suggestions, info at CorbinMaxi.com. Without further ado, welcome Mady from Animals in Distress. Let's talk about some bats. By the way, I am so excited. Did you know that you have came on the show more than any other guest in Animals of the Max history? You're kidding. I'm I, flattered. Are you really, though? Is it because it's like a like a comedy show? Kind no. of, oh, let me go to comedy night. Right. You're the only one that's been available. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, Mady, I seriously. <laughs> Cute guy, yeah. No, right. I'm so excited because I've known you for years, and you are our resident bat expert, and it is, it is Halloween. So are you excited about Halloween? You know, I think Halloween's a fun thing, but it's too bad what's happened to Halloween. I'm getting off going into my thing again. I, I, I just want to know what happened. Kids can't go out without their parents and people putting razor blades and apples. What do you mean? What's wrong oh, with God. Halloween? Okay, okay. And okay. they take them to neighborhoods that people who have a lot of money. There's something wrong. Hmm. Little paper sack. We just went around the neighborhood. See, this is why you need to live where I live, Mady, because we don't have any trick-or-treaters out in the middle of nowhere. Well, I don't have any at my house either. You don't? Because... You live right in Boise, though. Oh, yeah, but they're scared to death. That kids don't come down Boise. They take their kids to Harrison Boulevard. They yeah. take their kids to Warm Springs. They take yep. their kids... Yeah. It's sick, and your parents are there, and you're, yeah, well, and now you can't dress up as anything yeah, well, without offending somebody. <laughs> the whole thing has gotten... You probably have offended but, all So I don't decorate listeners. for Halloween, but up here, because it makes me happy. Yes. And by the way, can we tell the listeners where we are? Because it, we have two raccoons literally running around right now, and I'm, I'm seriously so That's upset. because of another person who brought them. I'm not letting them run around. It's her <laughs> fault. <laughs> but we're at a wildlife rehabilitation center in right. Boise, correct? We're at a, we're above the bird center, which is we're in a we're in a uh, loft that we rent out as an Airbnb in order to get money back into our organization. Okay, and we're doing a podcast. Thank you for agreeing. To you it. betcha. Okay, so we're gonna play. So so you know what I did? I actually asked people about bats because when you think of Halloween, you think of bats, right? Well, everybody, yeah, I think that's normal. Yes. Okay, so we are gonna. I asked on my social channels. I asked them on Facebook. Do you have a Facebook, by the way? I don't do anything on it. But okay. I, yes, okay. I have one. Okay, you do? I, okay, mm-hmm. we need to be friends. Okay, so right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions about bats. You ready? Yes, and, and I'm you, ready. And you you actually came prepared. It, this is awesome. Well, because I've turned into an idiot. I'm too, I've been did. at this too long. You have ahead. not. Okay, so the bats so are coming in, and I have not read these questions because I want to keep them as organic as possible. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. First question, okay? <laughs> this is from Emily. 
And Emily on Facebook says, how can I attract them to my home? I live in northern Idaho and miss the little bats I would see in Boise. They're adorable, and I love how they eat so many pests. Oh, Emily, that's a great question. A lot of people ask that. Um, I'm sure there's some bats that are in your area. I don't know where in northern Idaho you are, but there is a bat rehabber up there also. But bats are always stay in the same area they're born within like about three miles. And so a lot of people have the idea if they put up a bat house, they'll attract bats. And even if they see bats in their yard or around a pond they live near or something, um, they think, oh, if I just put up a bat house, the bats will come. But, but they, it doesn't work like that because they already have a place that they're living in the summer and then they're either going to migrate or hibernate either where they are or fly south or something. So you can't really attract them unless you have lots of mosquitoes and or maybe some open water or oh. something like that. But I would think you might see some bats. You have a, there's a, <clears throat> we have 14 species in Idaho, bats. But there's a bat, um, the spotted bat, which is usually found in northern Idaho. And I think there's only been two or three ever in the history of Idaho or anyway that anybody's ever seen one and I got one. Oh my <laughs> in, god. Oh. In Boise several years ago and it was rabbit. It tested rabbit, it died, it wasn't very healthy, but okay. but those are great big bats you have up there. You probably have silver haired bats and big brown bats. So you probably should call your local fish and game department, ask them maybe where some you know, where you could just at least go look at some, but you can't capture them or move them anywhere or anything like that. I didn't, but, yeah, that's, I didn't know that because Sam and I wanted to build a bat house. I didn't know well, they wouldn't just, well, okay. But, but they're not know. just going to come because you see them out over the snake. Yeah. Okay. I don't think. Okay. Unless, because you probably have a lot of little, little browns, little myotises, I think, that are catching yep. mosquitoes oh. over the water. Yep, myotises. Take me back to biology 191. Okay. Our next question comes from, oh, Penny. Hey, Penny, my daughter would like to have a pet bat. Is it possible to have them as pets? Absolutely not, Penny. They're, um, they're a protected species. Uh, they are one of the few species, well, the only species in Idaho that can have rabies. They don't carry rabies and go around biting people. They're not asymptomatic carriers. If they, bite, if they have rabies and they bite you, it's not a good thing. But they die from rabies themselves, so if you don't handle them... You cannot legally have a bat as a pet, and immediately you would be bitten if you tried to gather one up, and then it would cost your parents or you a whole bunch of money, whole bunches of money to go through some shots. Um, I mean, if, if, you had, if you had the bat in hand, and they, then they'd cut its head off and test it for rabies, but oh, um, then you wouldn't have to. But if the bat got away from you and it bit you, then you would be going to a lot of expense, and all, and the health department would be crazy and... You yeah. can't have a pet bat or yeah. touch one ever. Don't ever handle a bat. Okay, not Good to ever. Know. And and I don't. And I I just think that Penny just doesn't know. A lot of people actually message me and <laughs> a lot of people message me and say, "Oh my goodness, I'd like a pet. You know, an exotic pet." And they don't realize that you know there is you know they can be dangerous, transmit diseases, stuff like that. You okay, and I've had that conversation a lot, haven't we? Oh yeah, we have. Uh -huh. and our, yeah, and by the way, check out our past episodes with Mady. You can check that out on our our catalog, which they're all available to listen to. Okay, our next question comes from Tina. Hey, Tina. Are the bats we have around here in Idaho harmless? Are there more than one kind around here? Where do they hang out around? I found one many years ago in my yard, and I took it to a local bat rehab. That was probably you, actually. So I would think it had to have been then. Yeah, maybe. of course. So, yeah, uh, so the bats around here, okay. So okay, are, so are the bats have, harmless? Well, well, more harmless than a lot of other things I can think of. 
But, yeah, we have 14 species, like I had just said before, and depending on where you are in Idaho, but what was the rest of the question? Um, she, said, <laughs> she said, are there more than one kind? Yes. Are the bats around here harmless? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Where do they hang out around? That's a good okay. question, though. That is a good question. Well, it's, as I said earlier, bats hang around within a three-mile radius of where they're born. So it might have been somewhere around water. It might be, there's a lot down on the river, you know, down off of Chinden. <laughs> Sorry, the raccoons just grabbed my wife's scarf. It was um, a hideous scarf anyway. Go ahead. I'm kidding. It's okay. You don't have to stop. Just just, I, I know. I know it. I'm just trying to think here for a second. Um, You're fine. When you say harmless, it's bats are a um, a real species that that concerns the health department with human because rabies is a deadly disease, and so only less than one half of one percent of bats will have rabies, and if they get it, they will die from it. It's mm-hmm. a virus that goes into their, it might start in their leg, move up, it has to pass through their saliva glands into their brain, they've got rabies, and then they'll die pretty quickly, I mean in a day or two. Mm-hmm. And they're usually on the ground, and then a child picks them up, and then all, uh, everything goes crazy with the health department, because it's a major concern, because it's a very deadly disease. So when you say harmless, there are they're all harmless. I mean, they're not going to get into your hair. Hair, hair yes. Hair they a lot don't, of people, Right, yeah. and they, when you get them in a room and people jump all over the place, they're just like an airplane, and they have to they have to go into a stall to turn the corner. So people are jumping all over the place. The uh-huh. bats can only fly around by echolocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the little brown bats, the little teeny things that are only about an inch and a half long, can eat 600 mosquitoes an hour. 600 an hour? Uh, 600 to 1,000 an hour. Oh, my. They're so beneficial. Well, they're very beneficial. And then you've got the silver-haired bats, which you're going to see tonight, who eat like horn boars and night-flying moths and pallid bats bats. who eat the scorpions Mm -hmm. on the ground over by San Bruno and sand dunes or up in the foothills. So, okay, but but they're not going to actively come out and like obviously... Attack you. Not, I think Tina's like, not yeah. even, they're not even interested in you. And if you think they're attacking you, it's because a mosquito or whatever type of bug that this particular bat eat, uh-huh. it's eating and just scares people. Okay. That was okay. Interesting. Okay. Devin. Oh, I like this question. Or actually, Devon. I apologize. Devon. Uh, matey, what is your favorite type of bat? It's a good question. Oh, that's a hard question because I, I had a pet pallid bat once um, who they have huge ears. And they're sort of buckskin colored. I think that's where the name pallid comes from. And those came over off of Collister, North Collister. Okay. And they were living up in the flashing of a chimney. And the owners sprayed a bunch of, anyway, killed the whole bunch of them, the whole maternity colony and everything with some spray and foam, mm-hmm. which is really against the law, but nothing yeah. happened. So I didn't know anything about this. And they called me the next day, and there was this little pink thing down on the ground. And it was a pallid, I mean, I'd never even seen a pallid bat baby. Big ears, you said? Oh, they have huge ears. Okay. And they also have a little thing on their nose, and they emit a little smell, kind of like a skunk. Really? Yeah, they're about this long, and their ears are about like this. Oh, so like a couple inches. Yeah, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, how cool. But anyway, she got all, um, we had something painted, and I had to move her, you know, I started her out, her eyes weren't open or anything, but I had to move her into the living room in her enclosure, because we are painting or doing something. And then she'd squeak all the time when I walked by, which she never did before. Uh-huh. Anyway, somehow, I don't know. So she became a pet, and then she couldn't fly. So that was all good. And so I carried her. She lived in my shirt, sort of. And I took her to Nashville. I took her, <laughs> I took her to Texas. Okay. When you could get on an airplane and nobody was the wiser. 
She was adorable. What was her name? Moogie Boo. Moogie Boo. And how long did you have Moogie Boo? Six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. And, and she was a what? what palad. P A L L I D. I've never heard of a palad. So we I've have palads in Boise, and they eat the scorpions. They'll go down on the ground and pick up. Okay. Things, but they do eat scorpions. Okay, interesting. Well, very cool. That's, That's my a... favorite bat, I think, and to look at is the hori, which I brought tonight, too. Oh. They're beautiful. Okay, and by the way, but for those of you listening, we will release a video portion of this so people can go online see, and, and, and I see thought, I brought something I thought I'd feed them, too, for really? you. Really? Oh, they're really? all eating on their own, but I also have a silver-haired, which I... I they're, I get more of those than anything, and I adore them. They're all sweet. Oh, my gosh. Well, we really appreciate it. Okay, our next question comes from Mary. Mary says, oh, this is actually a really good question. What do you do if they get into or live in your house or attic? Well, if they live in your attic, they're getting in there from the outside, and okay. it's a matter of a certain time of year you've got to be careful because of maternity colonies because they're probably a colony bat that you have in your attic. Somewhere in your eaves, you might be in a cabin up in Idaho City or Boise County somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, or metal buildings. First of all, it'd be interesting to know why you don't want them there if they're outside and doing stuff. But it's you know because they'll drop, uh, they'll urinate down the side of your house, and they yeah. can build up a lot of guano, uh-huh. bat poop inside, which uh-huh. costs about I think twenty five bucks a pound for your garden. So oh wow, because yeah, it's really good nitrogen. Okay, okay. Um, which is why people go in and dig it up out of caves and they disturb the bats. Oh yeah. Um, excuse me for saying that. But if they're in your house, I'm assuming you only have one. I'm assuming that's what you mean. I don't assume you have an entire colony of bats or, <laughs> or we'd hear or about able you to get on outside the news, or something. Right. So in your house is the thing to do is try to open a door or something. They're only gonna fly at night, not only, but they're while you're standing around or if they're flying in circles around and around your uh-huh. head, it's a lot better to to let them land and then call a rehabber when they've landed and it, Instead of trying to pull them off a wall or something, you can very carefully, because they have, you know, membranes on their wings and their little toes are pretty delicate, is to, you know, slide something under them and get them in something, but get some direction. You can go on the Idaho Fishing Game Wildlife site, and it'll tell you all about what to do if you have a bat in your house, you found one, and how to contain it without causing, you know, any type of health issue or danger to you. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, and that sound you can hear is probably these these two, three-month-old raccoons running around, which is amazing. About four months old. Oh, oh sorry, four months. I think they're, yeah, they're older. Oh, four months. And anyway, so what I was going to say is that, and also, we do have people around the world who are listening to the show. And so, um, you know, obviously, Mady is based here in Boise, Idaho, but um, I guess contact, if you are, you know, all around the world, contact a local rehabilitation. Correct? What yes, you and you can or? go online and just put where do I find a wildlife rehabilitator, yep. and and you'll find a whole bunch of places in states and. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Everybody needs to know that wildlife rehabilitators is a rule. I'd say 99% are volunteer people who aren't making a nickel. So yep. just to keep that in mind. And you've been doing wildlife volunteer for, I mean, you've been volunteering for what? It's 40? my 32nd, no, 32nd year. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Thir- 32nd Second year. year. And you haven't even made a dime. You just are dedicating your life to animals. I think it's so... Well, I'm able to do it. Not everybody's able to do that. I'm fortunate enough to be able to have done that. But I did used to have a real job. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, by the way, if you want to hear Mady's backstory, go to our first episode, which was one of our earlier ones. So definitely check that out, which is available. If you want Mady's... Oh, (laughs) you've done two episodes! (laughs) I did the one with Coob right before... I was right before Coob. And then the second one we did, we were having beers by the pond. Yeah, I hardly remember that one either. But no, definitely... That was the raccoon... That, that was, was a, the raccoon one. That was a... You were a mess. <laughs> Wasn't he? I was... Don't look at my wife. Wasn't he? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That podcast is great. Definitely okay. go back and check that out, everyone. Okay. So, I keep saying the same thing over and over again. 
Hey, you guys, let's go. Okay. <laughs> if I keep repeating myself about the bat thing. No, no, I'm no. Not, this is not my cup of tea, as well, you know. Oh, actually, okay. we're drinking coffee, but oh, no, okay, well, so, okay. I'm looking to drink something better than that. I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm having rum. Okay. Okay, so Carol wants to know, are bats vegetarians? Oh, boy. Carol, so in the United States, all the bats are insectivorous, except for on the coast of, I mean, things change that I might not be up to date, but on the, on the coast of uh, Arizona, uh, Texas, maybe New Mexico, there might be some nectar-eating bats, okay. or, but not fruit-eating that right there on the border. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then as you go, you know, you hear about the flying fox that yes. everybody knows. Oh, well, those yes. are all fruit-eating bats, yep, yep, yep. and they also are um, diurnal. They're yep. daytime guys. That's why they have such big eyes. Yep. And they're way down in South America in the tropics. And then there's bats that eat frogs. There's bats that eat fish. There's bats that eat um, other bats. There's bats that can take small lizards and birds. Oh, man. So that makes everybody scared. So that's good talk for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) But they're all really, they're beneficial, and they're most beneficial, especially with a lot of our crops. Absolutely, for the insect and stuff. Okay, next question comes from Monica, and I think you kind of just answered. Well, actually, I don't know if you gave the exact number, but around about, she said, how many different kinds of bats are there? So around the whole world, I I can't give you the number on that whole Uh deal exactly, but uh, there's 14 species in Idaho. Uh-huh. As I said before, they're all insectivorous, but yep. oh, there's just hundreds of different kinds of Let's, bats. You know, Maddie, live in... we're gonna do what the millennials do. We're gonna go Maddie to du- or, or Maddie. I just called Maddie. He's really cool, Sam. I'm really I getting more impressed by the I was just this. gonna say, Maddie. I was gonna say, let's go to Doctor Google. Um, how many bat species? I just see how many. In the world. Bat species in the world. There's a, okay. You know, they still don't even know about the silver-haired bat and what they do in the winter. Oh, yeah. So it says about 1,200. 1,200. 900 to 1,200 species in, in, Okay, in so world. I said there's over... Geez, let me look at my little notes. Oh, yeah, you're fine. I have my notes. They're older than God. What's... Well, I mean, I just remember... <laughs> Oh, no, there are a thousand. This says a thousand. See, kinds of bats hey. compromise 25% of all mammal species. There you go. So you were right. And 45 species in the U.S. That's great. Okay. Tell her about a thousand. Thank you, Monica. Oh, well, t- thank you, Monica. It's about a thousand. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for stumping us, Monica. Uh-huh. We appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Makes me feel real smart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Katrina wants to know, how do they give birth? Hmm. So that's interesting. They have what they um, they copulate in the fall, in the late fall, before they're getting ready to either hibernate or migrate, and then they have what's called a delayed implantation. And so, they she doesn't ovulate, and the egg doesn't, and, and then the fertilization doesn't happen until she ovulates. So it's in the spring, so she can be guaranteed to have her babies when the bugs are out. Okay. And so they're usually like the silver-haired bats we have here here for you tonight they usually have twins had twins once at my house and didn't even know it and most of them just have one because they have um they have just two breasts like like a person i mean like Uh not like a dog with six or eight Mm -hmm. or a cat so if there's three pups somebody's in trouble yeah um now sometimes if it's in a colony bat like a big brown or little browns or something you might get another mother to nurse a third baby but i don't think it happens very often okay that's very uh, interesting. Oh, so anyway, and then the babies probably leave her at around June, July. Okay, I didn't know they had um, delayed implantation. That's right. so interesting. Very, that was a great question, Katrina. Thank you. Shasta wants to know, can they be found all over the United States or in just some regions? All over the United States. 
And some of the species we have here are all over the United States, and then there's just some that are southwestern or more northeastern. You know, the Mexican freetail, which they renamed the something. The ones are at the bridge in, is it Austin? I think, oh, yeah, Austin. Yeah, yep, whatever yep. bridge that, yep. yeah, yep. Them, but. Um, so here we go. Okay, very interesting. Okay, so Stephanie wants to know, do they prefer to be in large groups or do some live alone? Can they be adopted as a family pet? If you see a bat who is active in the day, does it likely have rabies? A camp counselor told us that, potentially, so we'd be too scared to touch the one hanging outside our cabin. So the first question is from Stephanie. Do they prefer to be in large groups, or do some live alone? So both, both. Um, the hoary bat that I'm going to show Corbin tonight, the biggest bat I brought, is more of a loner. He's also a foliage bat, as opposed to living with a whole bunch of bats hanging inside of like where we are right now, like inside a barn or something in some Mm -hmm. crevices by the hundreds or thousands where they can be in places or just 10 of them. Um, And then the silver-haired bat that we have here is all over the United States, which I have one of with. Okay. um, Would maybe go, if it were going to stay here, it would probably, my, it would probably stay behind a piece of bark on an old, you know, a tree or something or in the woodpecker hole or, or something, but it also may, they know less about silver hairs, I believe, than almost anything else, and they're so plentiful. Um, and I can't tell you about bats outside the United States, you know, I can't tell you that part of them, mm-hmm. but it's who wants to be. But the all those bats at the bridge are all called, uh-huh. they're called colony Colin. bats, is you know, so okay. And then Stephanie wants to know, can they be adopted as a family pet? We kind of already touched on that. Right, absolutely not. Don't even think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, maybe we'll come after you. (laughs) Okay, our next question comes from Sarah Hills, and she actually— Wait a minute, wait a minute here. I have to go back to her because there are two things with her. There was the one on the ground and what her her camp camp counselor told her. I I am so sorry. Okay, so she said if you see—I apologize about that, Stephanie. Well, that's because I couldn't get over the counselor part. Okay, okay, so if you see a bat who is active in the day, does it likely have rabies? A camp counselor told us that potentially, so we'd be too scared to touch the one. Hey, hey ladies with the raccoons, can you please? <laughs> What's going Could you on? Keep it down, not ruin our. Uh, <laughs> We're having such a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> this is so. Really? That's you can amazing. even sleep with them here tonight. I'm gonna leave them here with you tonight oh to sleep gosh. with them, and we'll talk in the morning. That's so funny. Tell I'm them sure the bottles they, they on the counter or on, on the counter. <laughs> Okay, seeing something, we're sorry we had a mix-up. He was trying to cut you short. But uh, it's good your kid, depending on your age, it's good your camp, your camp counselor told you that because that's a misnomer, what he told you, is no wives' tale, but to keep you from touching it. Because if you've touched it, when bats are up on a wall during the daytime, they're in a torpor state, and so their body temperature and their metabolism, if you were to touch them, don't. Well, they'd feel pretty cold, and so they go and they conserve energy that way, like hummingbirds do at night. And then they have to shiver and shake to wake up. And so you might, if you touched one, and the camp counselor told you, and then it fell off the wall on its nose, and then you touched it. Now the health department has to be called, and it turns into a, a horrible situation. So, but he should have. I think that's good. He told you, depending on your age, because that would scare you, rather than say, "Don't do it," because you're not supposed to, because then you couldn't wait to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. But seeing them flying in the daytime, it doesn't mean anything about rabies. If they have rabies at the point where if you got bitten, then they could give you rabies. Um, they'd already pro- be on the ground. Not necessarily, but because they could have had something. Somebody could have knocked them off a wall. Mm-hmm. And then they and they have a very difficult time getting also airborne from off the ground. Okay. okay. Very good question. Always call a rehabilitator 
Always. 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 Thank you, Stephanie, for that. Let's see. Sarah Hills, which, by the way, she um, commented several times. She's a huge bat enthusiast. And Sarah just said something really quick. She's a huge fan of yours, Matey. And she is a member of the Bat Conservation International for at least eight years. And she supports many bat foundations. So she would like to know. Um, she said, "My she said, hey, Matey, yay, my favorite animals ever. I want to know what strides are being made about white-nose syndrome and what states are seeing an increase in vulnerability. Okay, so I'm not the correct person to ask that at all, but I can tell you, um, I'm sure Rita Dixon, who is uh, Dr. Dixon, is uh, the bat biologist at Fish and Game down on Walnut, and she is very involved with the white-nose thing. It, you know, it's been to Washington. I think they're trying to make strides all the time, but I think it's since it's um, it's something that doesn't kill them, and the the reason it kills them is because it's a it's when they're hibernating in a cave in a cold atmosphere, which you don't think of, and it's pretty humid in there, mm -hmm. even when it's really cold. Mm -hmm. um, it wakes them up, and they start to fly, and then they they starve to death because they have to you know build up their fat reserves to do that. And every time they're awakened, even by spelunkers who have done for years, wake them up, and it's just a really bad situation. And also people who go in and take guano out, you mm -hmm. know, because it's big bucks. For the especially in South America and places like that. Okay. Thank you so much, Sarah. Like I said, and thank she, you, Sarah, for liking the bats. Yeah, she's a huge, she's wrote, she's like, did like 10 comments. And anyway, she's really passionate. It's good to get people passionate about bats because they do have such a bad rap, just kind of like with oh, snakes and spiders and all that type thank of stuff. Thank this guy for that, Merlin Tuttle. Oh, he, yeah. He got everybody, you know, pretty kind of into yeah. the bat thing. Because yeah. BCI was probably just in about the 80s is when it came to being. Okay, very cool. Okay, so this right here, we have Amy, and Amy wants to show you a picture right here, and she wants to ask if this is a real bat right here. This is what she saw on social media, and right now I'm showing maybe a picture of this adorable-looking, it looks like a fruit bat, but it almost... Uh, it is a fruit bat. It's a baby fruit bat. That, now, yeah, it's not a bat from the United States. Yeah, now, do you think this is hurting or helping bats when you see these cute little photos up on social media? Well, well, I... Th <laughs> You know, again, I'm not the right person to ask about social media because I, I think it can be wonderful in one way, but it's always showing cute little wildlife pets as animals. And, yeah. you know, now, what are the fennec foxes that everybody's oh, wanting yeah. to have? And then, you know, and they're breeding cats to be all weird. It's just not... So, I don't know, but there's a little one called Little Drac who was a black little fruit bat, I think, and he spun all around. I uh -huh. think he was a fruit bat. I think Amanda had him. Amanda okay. Lawler at, at um, oh. Bat World. Okay. So that's a little fruit bat, and Amy wanted. I think that's. I mean, it's not an insectivorous bat by any means. Yep. And, and it's a baby. She said, "Maybe I think you should mention they have belly buttons because they're adorable." <laughs> they're mammals. Yeah, they're mammals. Everything well, has a belly button that's a mammal. <laughs> if you hear that in the background, that is the raccoons oh, just yeah. climbing up. That's completely fine. Well, maybe that is all the questions we have, and I just want to thank you so much for coming back on the show, and happy Halloween to you. And happy Halloween to you, too, and, Carbon. And, yes, and this is our third interview. Will you do it again sometime? I would love to. Awesome. Okay, now can we go see some bats? Yes. Okay, and then by the way, if you are listening to this, um, I will post a link to the videos, and uh, so you're able to see it um, after you're you're done listening to the interview so thank you so much okay i feel like i'm on film or something why? i don't know i don't know why oh no because the lights and no because of you thank you baby <laughs> we're still on recording if I could write, uh -oh.
Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.